0: So, we've come to the last of our series together on hearing God. We've heard from various people on hearing God through waiting, through the Bible, through worship, in dreams, through others, through suffering, and last week Debbie spoke to us about hearing God through prophecy. This week, we end the series in silence. So, not much for me to prepare, really. This morning, we shall explore what it looks like to hear God in silence. Silence can be a form of prayer, and silence can lead to contemplation. I'd like to start by dispelling a couple of myths or um, presumptions we might have about contemplation. It's not just for those of us who are introverts. I'm an extrovert. And it's not just for those who think or who we think are super spiritual or extra holy. The practice of contemplation is simply the desire to sit in the presence of God, to meet with Jesus at a deep level, to connect with the Holy Spirit and to dwell among the Trinity. To let it mould and shape us Into the people we're designed to be. It's an act of of deep and profound surrender to a power greater than us. It's offering up our wills and our lives so that they may be brought into line with that of God. It's an experience an experience of knowing that we are completely loved, completely accepted. And pursued by our loving Father. Contemplatives are often called mystics, another ooh word. Um, This is not an ooh word. A mystic is, is simply someone who has moved from a mere belief structure or system or a belonging system to an actual inner experience. A mystic is simply somebody who has an inner experience, a connection with God. And contemplation is not a big C Catholic thing. It predates organised religion. It's an ancient Christian tradition. The desert mothers and fathers in the second century were among the first to discover this way of living and being with God. When uh, Christianity became the state religion in Rome in 313 AD, there were some good and some bad outcomes. The followers of Jesus were no longer persecuted for their faith. Good thing. But by making it the state religion, power and control, doctrine and dogma became controversial and time-consuming. And those in control influenced the development of the faith. And some were really unhappy with the direction that it took. As the um, the Roman Empire got more involved, there were some that felt that the true way of Jesus was being lost, crowded out by hierarchy and power. The way that Jesus had taught about coming alongside the marginalised, giving a voice to the powerless and the outcast, was being run roughshod over by the Empire of Rome, so they sought to escape this control and to reestablish their lives and live as Jesus had taught them. They felt that their faith was being controlled by a new religion. And they went out into the deserts of Egypt, Palestine and Syria to find spiritual freedom, to live out Jesus' teachings and to continue to grow in the Spirit. It was in these deserts that a different mind called contemplation was taught. It's a a practice that has begun to be rediscovered in recent years with people you might have heard of, like Thomas Merton, Thomas Keating, and Richard Rohr. They're probably the most notable um, advocates at the moment you might have heard of. The previous Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, who uh, wasn't averse to uh, being a little controversial uh, in his time in office, even told the Synod of Catholic Bishops in Rome, contemplation is very far from being just one kind of thing that Christians do. It is the key to prayer, liturgy, art, and ethics. The key to the essence of a renewed humanity that is capable of seeing the world and other subjects in the world with freedom. Freedom from self-orientated, acquisitive habits and the distorted understanding that comes from them. To put it boldly, contemplation is the only ultimate answer to the unreal and insane world that our financial systems, and our advertising culture and our chaotic and unexamined emotions encourage us to inhabit. To learn contemplative practice is to learn to live truthfully and honestly and lovingly. It is a deeply revolutionary matter. Didn't pull any punches with that statement. As we can consider that, I'd like us to watch a, a clip Um, that comes from the Contemplative Outreach Centre. It's plugging their resources and their website, but just sort of park that a little bit, because I think it helps to explain the benefits of silence. Uh, They talk about something called centering prayer, which is similar to that of contemplation. Don't worry too much about the differences. Uh, It's still all about just being present and still with God. So we'll have a look at this. live in a
1: very fast world right now my head is full of thoughts Mind is always busy it's hard to relax and and rest we need to sit still be quiet listen to god centering prayer is to further the movement into resting in god interior silence be still and know i'm god twice a day for 20 minutes enter into this prayer
0: we just show up and god does the rest We allow
1: God to transform us. Letting go leaves room for
0: new life. St. Prayer gave me an actual experience of the divine love.
1: It is an open loving of God. It becomes more heartfulness than mindfulness.
0: For me, it brings back the wonder of life. I am more honest and humble, more patient.
1: Increasingly more Peaceful,
0: and it uh, has deepened my trust.
1: I become able to accept others as they are. I'm a much better physician. Everything about my being is just able to see new things, new aspects of unpleasant situations that I wouldn't. I would have just ran away from before. In couples counseling, if couples start doing centering prayer together, it's amazing. Contemplative outreach has nursed me with materials, topics, people, conferences, retreats. It provides the how-to with the website.
0: I'm aware of the practitioners all over this world.
1: It gives us a global community. that found a new home open to all religions and all faiths. No one is excluded. It has um, created a still, quiet place deep inside. To start the day thinking of God, uh, frames the day. It has become a way of life for me. I can miss my vitamins in the morning, but if I miss my prayer in the morning, it's a difficult day. Let me tell you how it really has helped me when I get behind the wheel of an automobile. People notice that you've changed. You know, you're more peaceful. There's something different about you, and they ask. Invitarnos a no cada uno, y así podremos todos juntos lograr el cambio en el mundo que todos anhelamos y esperamos
0: could really transform the heart of the world so that just gives us a little insight into the benefits of being still sitting in silence and basically letting God do the work
1: This morning's reading is taken from the first book of Kings, chapter 19, it can be found on page 562 of your Pew Bible. Chapter 19, starting at verse 9. He went into a cave and spent the night, and the word of the Lord came to him What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. "'Torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. "'I'm the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too.' "'The Lord said, "'Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, "'for the Lord is about to pass by.' "'Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart "'and shattered the rocks before the Lord. "'But the Lord was not in the wind. "'After the wind there was an earthquake.' The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, go back the way you came, and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazel, king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel and anoint Elisha, son of Zaphat, from Abel-Maholah, to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death anyone who escaped the sword of Hazael, and Elisha will put to death any who escaped the sword of Jehu. Yet I will reserve 7,000 in Israel, all those whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and those who have not kissed him. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Silence can be a very scary thing, a place filled with nothing, nothing but our own thoughts, a place where we have to be alone with ourselves and alone with God. It can be a very vulnerable place if we let it, sitting naked In front of God, with all our defences down, no masks to hide behind, or at least, this is how it could be. I'd like to share with you, if I may, my journey of discovery with silence and contemplation. For most of my life, I would rather be anywhere than alone with myself and my own thoughts the thought of spending time with myself I found deeply uncomfortable. The story that I told myself was that unless I was doing stuff, unless I was busy, out and about with other people, working, making a difference as I saw it, then I wasn't really worthwhile. If I was on my own for any length of time, I seemed to think, It wasn't depression, but it was sadness. A lack of purpose, and most of all, a lack of connection with who I was and what I was for. I distract myself with almost anything else I could think of, rather than just sit with who I was. Whoever that was. This lack of identity came to a point of crisis, where I hit my rock bottom in November 2013. It was through this gift of desperation that I surrendered my life to God. In his mercy and with his reckless love, he reached out and met me where I was. On my journey of recovery, of recovering and discovering who I was in Christ, I have been shown the tradition of contemplative prayer and the value of silence. The value of coming to God just as I am and allowing his love to define me. Because it's an experience-based practice, it's really difficult to put into words. How do you explain and encounter a mystical experience? There have been lots of people throughout the ages who've tried, Teresa of Vila, John of the Cross, and numerous others. It's often best explained without words, through art or music. There is a depth and a richness that defies words. Silence is a sacred place where God can meet with us. It's beyond verbal communication. It's a knowing and a being known at a really deep level. We just have to get out of the way. Let go and let God. It sounds really simple, doesn't it? It really isn't. It takes so much practice. It involves unpopular and misunderstood words. That of surrender and abandonment. These words have a a bit of a negative connotation, don't they, in our modern day usage? But when used within the contemplative practice, they're hugely positive. We're surrendering our control to a power greater than us who only wants us to know how much we're loved, how much we're valued and how much we are desired. In silence, in contemplative prayer, we're exploring our right and appropriate relationship with God. Coming from a a place of confusion and a deep sense of being uncomfortable with silence eight years ago, it's unbelievable to me that I actually volunteered to go away in half term ...for a week's silent retreat. Yeah, I know. My course principal had done a week's silent retreat... ...obviously super holy, super spiritual... Um, ...when I was in my training. And I thought he was bonkers. I thought, why on earth would anyone want to go and do that? But as clergy, were encouraged to go on some sort of retreat uh, once a year. So I found myself booking this back in November. And I thought I would find it challenging and therefore probably quite good for me. As the time got nearer, I began to wonder what on earth I'd done. I didn't know the shape of the week. I didn't know anyone else going. And there'd be little expectation of making any long-term friends, because I couldn't talk to anybody. I wasn't even sure whether I'd last the week. Guy being the incredibly supportive, wonderful husband that he is, had cleared his diary and was working from home for the half-term week to look after Lucy. So I set off, some trepidation, on the five-hour car journey down to Loo in Cornwall to join the Chemin Nerve community for this week. Um, Just as an aside, this is the same community that um, Justin Welby has at Lambeth Palace. So I was in good company. I won't take you through a blow-by-blow account of the week. Yes, I did manage the whole week. um, But I'm more than happy to chat with you afterwards or another time and share some of my other experiences. But I would like to share a couple of, of things and moments with you, if that's okay. The first couple of days I found really hard. I felt myself resisting this rhythm of prayer, chapel, rest and meals. I found myself fighting the stillness. It was really difficult to let myself be led by somebody else's agenda for how my day should look. But I managed, somewhat reluctantly, to let go and go with the flow. It was a gift not to have the many distractions of daily life. I didn't have to think of what I was having to do next, No school runs, no teaching to prepare, no social media to keep up with, no television programs to watch or worry about missing. My life was stripped back to the basics. Simplicity. Read the word of God, praise God in worship, eat meals, go to sleep. It was like having a deep spring clean and discovering that God had been there all the time but he'd got trapped under the sofa or behind the fridge. It allowed us to meet without the humdrum of life. It cleared the decks. The noises and the pressures of the world for once were not the dominant voices in my head. In the silence, I found that God was waiting for me. So patiently, without judgment, or condemnation. He just wanted to spend time with me. I think he was pleased to see me. In all our commitments and responsibilities that we have day to day that we can't get away from, it's life, we live it, it's hard. It's wonderful to know that God is waiting for us just to stop, to come to him, to find rest, I have a a special place that I go to in the silence, not geographically, internally. A deep place of stillness where I can just be me. And God is always there, patiently waiting. I think he waits for all of us. In this season of Lent that we're coming up to on Wednesday, where we usually try to give something up, Maybe we could try something new. Maybe we could try and sit with God in silence and allow him to find us in our busy lives. Father, we ask for more of you. We ask that you would meet with us in the silence of our hearts. Help us to surrender to your love. Amen.